Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. If you like what you hear on our show, or if you want to ever go deeper in your sales leadership journey, I'm here for you. I know just how challenging sales leadership can be. I've helped companies get off the ground and hit their first million, million in ARR, and I've led large teams with thousands of sales reps doing billions of new business each year. I've literally sat in almost every single sales leadership role, and I'm here to help. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a senior seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges right now, and if you want someone to talk shop with, I've got you. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're joined by Chris Roth, Vice President of Corporate Sales for Insider Intelligence. Chris leads a team bringing research subscriptions into the financial services world. As the markets have had roller coaster responses to all of the influences to our economy today, Chris's team has had to be nimble and has had to adapt in order to continue to fuel their growth. And through all of this, Chris's team is growing steadily. In fact, you're going to find out it's growing rapidly. I wanted to bring Chris on the show because reinventing and adapting is critical to the success of any sales team right now. And Chris is someone that's making it happen in spite of a global pandemic, in spite of social unrest, in spite of all of the different challenges that have faced us this year. He's, he's helping his team find a way to take what the market get, gives and then some. Now, Chris has been in a game long enough that he's had success in every single role in sales. This is someone that I'm excited to talk shop with today. From an account executive to frontline manager to vice president of sales, he's got the perspective on what it takes to win regardless of the external influences. In addition, he's just a terrific guy, someone that I like hanging out with, someone that I like to have on the show, someone that I've been excited to bring on the show. Chris, my man, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Rob, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to chat. Long overdue, man, but that's because you've been so busy making it happen uh, in your world right now. So, so let's, let's introduce you to, to our listeners. I, I know you. I've had a chance to hang out with you. We've had, we've had a good time together. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself and, and, and what you're doing at Insider Intelligence and, and how, you, how you fit with your customers? Sure, Absolutely. So I guess to, to, to backtrack a little bit, Insider Intelligence is actually a brand new uh, you know, formed organization. Um, so, so I come from the business insider side of the business. Um, BII, it was the research arm of business insider. Okay. Um, going into this year, uh, we, we combined forces with eMarketer, another huge big name brand, been around for 25 years, trusted by Fortune 500 companies. And uh, essentially we combined forces to become the leading uh, research provider for digital transformation uh, within financial services, technology, advertising and marketing and media. Nice. So specifically, is there an area of emphasis on the type of intel that you're providing for people then? 
Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, really, I think, you know, the, the specialty that, that business insider intelligence has brought to this combination um, is insights and trends uh, into financial services. Um, really, our goal is to be the timely source for, for the leading, you know, kind of leading indicator of what's next within financial services uh, from Got a it. digital perspective. Um, eMarketer specializes in, in marketing research and really has helped advertisers, agencies, um, technology firms um, understand what, what their audience and you know, what consumers are spending their time doing. Um, so the combination is really overall digital transformation within those specific industries. Love it. So I can see why that's been something that's hot. I'm sure that that's been pretty important for your customers. And we'll dive into that here in a minute when we get started. But, but one of my favorite things to do, and I, and, and, and I can't wait to hear yours, I still rarely have met the person that says I wanted to be in sales when I grew up. I'm still pissed off that I wasn't a first baseman for the Dodgers. You know, that's, that was something that was supposed to happen for me. And it just didn't, <laughs> man. And, and um, uh, how'd you get into sales and ultimately how'd that lead you to inside, uh, inside intelligence? So it's really funny you say that because, you know, I, growing up, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I, I wanted to be on the New York Knicks. Um, <laughs> nice. But, you know, I can tell you I've been selling since a very young age. Um, when I was in middle school, I was, I was flipping basketball cards on eBay. Um, really? When I was in high school, that turned into autographs. When I was in college, that, that turned into basketball shoes and collectibles. So I've been in sales really my whole life without knowing it. Um, after graduating from college, I, uh, I, I jumped into a day trading position. That was pretty crazy. Uh, that lasted about a year. And then I thought to myself, what do I want to do? I don't want to be in finance. Um, I'm a salesperson. I, I, I'm a connector. <laughs> I, I, I love just, just, you know, connecting with people, negotiating, getting into the, the gritty with, with, uh, with, with, you know, with, at the time it was, it was negotiating um, with, with friends and family over, over, <laughs> over who knows what. Um, I didn't know that it would correlate to a professional career when I started in sales. I thought this was just a gig that I was going to try out. Um, and it's, it's evolved into to something special that, that, you know, I, I really have kind of, you know, figured out my path with, within. I love hearing stories like that because I, more often than not, the ones that end up being great salespeople and great leaders, they kind of had it in them. They just didn't know what to call it. And that's what you just described. You know, you're flipping cards as early, early age and, and now you're flipping Intel. So it's, it's good. It's, it's awesome. So let's, let's, let's just get into it. This is a topic that I'm really excited about. I've been really uh, intentional about who I've been bringing on to the show in the last 120 days. So the show used to be just about general sales leadership blueprints that work. And, and that was really successful right now. What I'm really emphasizing is what are the very specific things that leaders need to be doing to continue growing in spite of what's happening all around us. And, and it's nuts right now, Chris. I mean, it's, it's bonkers what's going on. Pandemics, political unrest, you know, racial problems that, that absolutely need to be solved. Businesses that are under attack, right? No one's ever seen it. No one could have anticipated it. No one saw any of this stuff coming. So my first question is, how do you keep growing in the middle of all this? I mean, you guys are absolutely growing. Before we, we recorded, you are telling me how your day is really fueled by hiring new people and interviewing new people and getting them ramped up and you guys are absolutely a growth story. What, how do you do that? How do you not get distracted? How do you not like, say, I'm going to you know, hide and wake this one out? How, how is it you guys are able to keep growing so aggressively with all this stuff happening all around you? Sure. And you know, that's, 
that's the million dollar question. Um, I think, you know, you know, every day, we, I think what we do is take a step back, look at the big picture of things, uh, realize that, you know, COVID is not going to go away overnight. Uh, realize that the, the social and racial injustices are not going to go away overnight. Um, these, are, these are issues that we're living in and we have to continue to, to fight and improve on a daily basis. Um, and so from a business perspective, we're, you, know, you just have to, you have to try to, to I, I, you know, focus on, this is the new normal, this is what we're living in and, and, we have to, and, and we have to adapt on a daily basis to meet the needs of our clients and to, to keep producing quality content and value for our prospects. So I like that. I mean, I get that. That makes sense at a high level. We got a th- you know, several thousand sales leaders that are listening to our conversation right now that say, yeah, that totally makes sense. But it's got to be easy to say hard to do. You're one of the ones that's doing. I mean, listen, man. I mean, everybody in business was, was kind of given, um, given the world's greatest excuse on why to not have a good year. But you're not accepting that excuse. You're, you're driving through it, man. So let's, let's start with some specifics. I mean, how, you kind of touched on this, but I want to go into it a little more because I think you're onto something. How much of it is mindset? How much of it is just saying, this is not going to be an excuse and I'm going to be one of the ones that survives it? Is mindset any of, of what's happening with your, you as a leader and your team? So it's really, it's mindset and, and belief. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's, really, it's really understanding um, your ultimate goal. And, and where you're heading, you, you need to be, you know, you need to be in the right mindset on a daily basis um, and, and be focusing on your long-term goals each and every day. Once you start focusing on, on you know, this week, I'm, I don't have as many calls as I should on the schedule, and that's going to affect you next week as well. Um, you need to really, you know, keep, keep in mind that everyone is going through this um, as, as an organization, you know, this is going to be a down year for many organizations. Um, somehow we, we have, you know, been able to put strategies in place, um, with the right leadership to, to really guide us through, uh, through these tough times. And, and I think, you know, that, that 100% has to do, um, you know, with mindset and the the desire and really the beliefs, um, in place to, to kind of persevere, um, you know, while, while other organizations, um, you know, might, might be switching up leadership or might be dealing with layoffs. Um, you know, we've actually been very fortunate enough to, to continue to grow um, and hire uh, very rapidly during this pandemic. Um, wow. You know, um, it, it's, as you can imagine, um, you know, the, um, the opportunities and, and the, 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 the talent that's available in the market right now is, is incredible. Um, you know, some, some of the sales talent that we've been, that we've been able to bring on so far this year during this um, would have been very hard to find without, without something like a pandemic happening. Um, so there's, always, you know, there, when, when there are tough times, there are always blessings, um, you know, behind the scenes. Chris, that's a really interesting perspective that you just said. We would not have had availability of some of these people if we hadn't had this pandemic. I love that, man. So I mean, you're recognizing opportunity. <clears throat> so, so you as a leader have that mindset. How hard is it for you to, how much work is it for you to make sure that your other you know, leaders, the managers that work for you and, and the reps that work for you, do you emphasize mindset with them? Is that something that you're actively working on or is that something that you're just hoping is trickling down? Is that, is that something that you're intentionally working on with your team? Absolutely. It's all about communication. 
um, you know, it's, you, you need to have the right connections um, internally right now with, with everyone you're working with, even departments that you wouldn't have considered working with pre-pandemic. It's all about communication and connection and keeping the positivity alive. Um, and, and really, you know, with the with leadership positivity, it, it trickles down to the rest of the organization. Um, and so, you know, that we're, you know, instead of typically when, you know, when we would have calls or, or, um, you know, meetings where um, other groups are dialing in, you know, we're doing a 50 person zoom call with 50 faces on there. I know it's what a lot of organizations are doing, but, um, you know, it, it, it goes without saying that that's a, it's a need right now. Love that. So, so mindset's where you start and you're working on that. And I liked how you said, if you, if you know, we, we have an off day, we can't let an off day turn into an off week. I mean, you've heard some of the mindset stuff I've been sharing with my private community probably. And, and uh, what we don't want to do is create 50, 50 salespeople, right? We want to make sure that we're like 90, 10 or 95, five. And, and, and I'm glad that you started with that. So if, if that's the first place is you're making sure mindset's in a good spot, have you had to adjust your playbook at all? Is there, is there changes on, on go to market as you're working this through, as you're growing and adapting and continuing to grow through these challenges? Have you had to like, say we're changing our, our prospecting or our go to market or our engaging approach. Has that been intentional? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, with, with everything that's happened um, with COVID and the timeline um, you know, we've had to revise our, our cold outreach approach. Um, almost too often, you know, you, you don't want to be tone deaf when you're reaching out to, to potential buyers, you need to, to address the situation. Um, but you also, you, you can't dive too deep because you don't know what they're going through. Um, you, you have to, you know, you have to identify it and move on and, and quickly provide value. All right. And, so let's talk about this. I want to push pause. Cause you just hit it. So, so I'm, I want you to coach me now. Okay. And so I, uh, I still, I still stay involved in sales. I'll, I'll be involved in sales till I die, man. I'm never going to be the guy that is out of the game. I, I have to always be working some deals. I have to be doing some prospecting because I'm one of those guys that believes you can't do the job. You can't lead the job. Call me. Some people disagree with me on that, but I will, I will sell till I die because I know I can't lead if I'm not, if I'm not capable of doing the job. So there's a person with a big, in fact, he's probably going to hear this, this episode because he's a fan of the podcast. It's a big company. You know who they are if I were to tell you who they were. In fact, I'll probably tell you after the, after the show, uh, Chris. And we've been in cycle with them. I thought we had a deal done and then COVID hit and they went away for a little while. And yesterday, okay, yesterday I said, I'm getting back with this guy. I sent him a message, which I think is really personal. I, I sent him a message, which I think is really, like you said, relevant um, I send it to him and then a person from a partner calls me and tells me this person just recently got pr a promotion and, uh, and, and you know, what's going on with this person. So I'm like, I'm calling him. So not only did I email him, I called him, he picked up the phone and he started giving me shit instantly. He's like, Jepson, I got your nasty, shitty, generic marketing message today. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're the only person I said that to. <laughs> I said, that was written by me for you and no one else. He's like, that sucked, man. Because I thought it was just like a, a sequence in your engagement tool. You know, you put that into your outreach platform and send it to everyone. And uh, so, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you, you know, how do you not be me? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. I think that's something that a lot of sales reps have ran into in the past couple months. Um, you know, I think, so personally, um, I think 
before sending that email, you pick up the phone, you give them a call. Um, you know, when you send something over email, it sticks. It's there forever. They have time to overanalyze it and overthink it. Uh, if, you, if you pick up the, time, the, the phone and you give them a call, and how are you, man? How are you doing? How are you? Um, you know, have you been, is your family all right? Um, and you just, you just talk life. Um, you, you, you chat about, about how, you know, the changes in, in their, their personal lives and business, if you have that rapport. Yeah. Um, if, if not, then, um, then I think you call them and you still say, hey, listen, I'm not sure what you've been going through. Um, I, I thought about you and I thought about this, um, this solution. Um, I wanted to see if it made sense to revisit this conversation and it just immediately provide value. Um, if you can't provide support and rapport, um, you, you, you have to go directly into value because there's no time for, for, for chit chat um, right now, depending on the relationship and depending on their situation. I like that. Um, so are you always measuring how outreach is working? Is that something, when, do you ever stop measuring A-B testing, watching for effectiveness? Is that something that is, how important, I guess my question is, how important is that as part of your job as a sales leader? Or do you leave that to other people? So, um, so I, I do not micromanage at all. I yep. think my, my team can attest to that. Yep. Um, we do, we do um, overlook, you know, metrics, email outreach, opens, re- reply rates, um, all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, I, honestly, it's, it's really, it comes down to internal motivation for reps. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's really, it's, it should be their job to, to, do, to do that A-B testing, to understand what's working, what's not working, and then bring that to, to your manager, to your leader and say, listen, um, this is what I've seen. This is what I've been doing. You know, wh- what do you, what do you recommend? What can we work on? Um, how can you, how can you coach me to, to improve these numbers that I'm presenting to you today? And then we get into the weeds and we look at, you know, the, their, you know, the, the type of content they're sending out the message, the messaging, the tone of their content and, and emails. Um, and, and then you can really start coaching. But we're going to dive into that then. I'm going to, I want to get, so that's how you work on messaging is you do it through the coaching mechanism and you let people bring what they think the triggering and the, the appropriate messages are. And, and you start coaching it that way. Uh, you, is that how you get involved in, in, in that? So, so it depends on, it depends on the prospect. Okay. Um, you know, we do have some, some email templates that we use um, that, that can just provide overall value of what we're offering that you can send out to, you know, to a handful of organizations. If you're specifically focused on marketing or on strategy and innovation, we have templates for that. But if you're trying to reach a senior, you know, a senior level executive, um, you're not going to send them a template. You're going to dig into their LinkedIn. You're going to dig into their whatever it is, and you're going to find out what gets them going. Uh, and, and you're going to tailor a message to them. And that's something that you can't do at scale. Um, so, you know, Wait a minute. I, I think- say that again. I don't want to blow by that. I think that's a big statement what you just said. So you're going to dig in and you can't do that at scale. I agree with that. And I think that's one of the problems that we have. I think we're so volume oriented that we miss the mark on, on being effectiveness oriented. I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. Can you can give a couple more thoughts around why you can't do that at scale? I think that's worth talking about right now. Sure. I mean, <laughs> big picture how many sales emails do you get a day that that you just 
that you either don't open or you, you know, you select all and then hit red. Um, you know, it, it's countless. And especially during COVID, um, you know, it, it's been, it's been relentless. And so in, even to get, you know, to get two sentences through a cold email, um, it has to be something that stands out. It has to be something personal about me, about, you know, maybe, you know, the, the cliche, oh, you went to, we went to school, same school. Well, yeah, that works. That's awesome. When someone reaches out to me from you or I, I respond. But then again, there's very slim, slim pickings for that. Um, if you're identifying, you know, like Rob, you have tons of great content out there. If someone hits you up and, and praises you for, for, and really gives some insight into to one, of your, one of your articles, I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Yeah. That goes for, for pretty much every, every leader, every executive out there. Um, if you can really, you know, show that you care about their work and show that you, uh, and show that you, you, you relate to it, um, it makes, you know, people want to help people essentially, pe you know, and if someone shows genuine personal interest, I think that that goes, that goes the extra mile and, and that gets me to respond. So let's, let's, we've got a good, we've got a good fair amount of time on this topic that we're going into right now. And I want to, I want to hit adapting. You know, one of the things that you've shared with me as we got ready for the show is that there are new selling situations, new trends have emerged, you know, with all the stuff that's going on that financial institutions have to think about and you've had to adapt and that's now you have new messaging. Now you have new things that you're, that you're attaching what you do to. You're not, it's just not business as usual. You, you've been successful because you've been able to find ways to adapt and say, we're, we're, we're going to be coming here. Can you talk a little bit about ad adapting you know, as a leader? There's a lot of things. It's attaching to new sales situations. It's how do you help your reps adapt? I want to deconstruct that a little bit because I think that it's always been the ability to adapt has always been one of the highlights of the most successful salespeople and the most successful sales leaders. But can you start talking about how do you figure out how to adapt? That's easier to talk about, but way harder to do because adapting means I'm going places that people haven't gone before. There's yeah. not like a, here's the playbook, right? You're, you're doing what, what was it they said on Star Trek, go where no man has gone before, right? <laughs> and so it, yeah. that exactly. takes some courage, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can't adapt unless you get out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, I think, I think um, I, you know, identifying, identifying new opportunities uh, for personal growth is is more important than ever right now um you know just you have to you have to be at peace with yourself in order to adapt and um and so to continue to to, to educate yourself whether it's related to business or not even if it's your personal life um which is more important than business you know you you have to continue to grow individually and and once you you know once you can achieve you know inner peace with that then i think it correlates to, to business growth and adapting to, to new ideas and, and ways of, of working with, with, um, with your team or with your, your colleagues or with your prospects or with your clients. And it's, it's just, it's really just about opening up your mind and, and getting out of your comfort zone. So does that mean you have to have a culture inside your organization that we are changing? We are improving. We, what we do next week might be a little different than what we did last week. Is, is that kind of part of the culture or, or is that, I mean, how does that work for you? I, oh man. I, that's why I love working where I work. 
Um, that is our culture. It's been our culture from, from day one. Um, you know, coming from the business insider side of the business pre-merger or pre-combination, I should say. Um, the reason I say that sometimes merger has a ne negative connotation to it. Our, this, this combination was incredible. Um, it was two great companies coming together and our, our parent company pouring money into us to grow. So it's been, it's been an incredible experience. So pre-combination, um, you know, we business insider intelligence was basically a startup within business insider. And so every single week we're switching up our sales strategy. We're switching up our content strategy, our operations. Um, you know, we really reinvented the wheels and had the opportunity to, to lead that uh, year after year. And now going into this merger, we brought that same mentality and that same mindset to insider intelligence. And so, you know, every single week, every month, we are strategizing and innovating and building on what we already have in place and, and, and really, um, yeah, I can't tell you how it almost, I mean, during COVID, it almost felt like we were reinventing wheels almost too much. Um, I'm sure many organizations. Really? Like how frequently yeah. are you talking about? Like, is it, was it daily? Was it weekly? Was it, was it? So definitely weekly strategy meetings. I mean, yeah. with, with the entire organization trying to figure out what are we doing next? How are we going to do this from a content perspective, from a sales perspective, from a research perspective? Um, but, you know, it, we, you have to keep evolving. You can't settle with what you have in front of you. So I like that. I'm glad you brought that up because I want our sales leaders to, to hear that from someone that's winning right now. And, 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 you know, Chris's group is winning. They're growing. You know, part of what's driven that was you guys saying, what do we do different next week than we did this week? And it's not like change for the sake of change. And it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's that relentless focus on, are we leading? Are we at the tip of the spear or are we at the very back? You don't want to be playing me too right now. Uh, there are huge first mover advantages to be gathered right now for people that are willing to say, I'll go first. I think at least, I mean, are you seeing that? Absolutely. I mean, that's what we've, you know, we've, uh, I, I can tell you just from a couple recent uh, prospecting calls that I've jumped on uh, to help close, um, you know, the, 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 the level, I mean, I, it really, I can tell you right now, what we sell helps uh, organizations get through this pandemic. So yep. that's a big plus. <laughs> um, sure. you know, we sell, we sell information um, that, you know, based on, trends and identifying trends before they really become them. And, you know, the, the trend right now is, is, you know, how businesses can, um, can navigate through this global pandemic and we provide information on the steps to do so. So, um, you know, having a product in place that's able to do that has really helped us. Um, you know, it's helped our outreach. It's helped us get in front of clients. It helped, it's helped our renewal game. And, uh, and so, I guess, you know, based on some recent conversations that I've been on, um, we've been hearing that, you know, the standard uh, research suppliers, um, I'm not going to name any names. We've got a, gr a bunch of great, awesome competitors out there. Um, but to, to not be shifting as quickly uh, from a research perspective as you need to in this day and age, that's it, going to hurt you. And so that's what we, we've been able to do the opposite. Dude, that's awesome. So does that change how you coach? Does that change your one-on-ones? Are those things modifying just as fast? Are you, are you making sure your managers are coaching to the, to the ad adapted world rather than the, you know, standard coaching conversation? So, so every single, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, you, you have to focus on net new. Um, you know, obviously the goal and, and what's standard, historically standard for what's, you know, one-on-one -on -one is what do you have in the pipeline? 
How can we bring it in? Um, what's this month look like? What are your numbers looking like? How are you going to hit goal? Um, but really it's, it's okay. What, what's our strategy for next week? Um, what are some cadences or, or prospects that you're looking at? How can we get them on the phone? And mm. what can we leverage uh, right now with our content that we've published this week to get them on the phone? And so it's, it's really, it's not, it's about looking forward. And, um, you know, there's only so many numbers that you can use to look forward. It's really about getting into the weeds. And how do the, do, do your reps embrace that conversation? What have you done to make that be a conversation that your reps look forward to? Because sometimes reps really dig coaching. And sometimes they say, it's not really helpful. Uh, what are you doing to make it so reps are saying, oh man, this is game changer for me? Sure. I mean, every, every rep is, is different. You know, everyone is going through something different right now from, on a personal level. Um, and so, and so it's really, you know, I, I saw, you know, some of my, some of my one-on-ones are, are much better than others. Um, not to say that, that a rep is better than another rep. Um, just some reps are, are more open to, to coaching and, uh, and bringing ideas to the table. And, you know, really a one-on-one is, is a time for the rep to shine in the beginning and, and a time for the, the, the coach to shine at the end, in my opinion. Um, and the coach shines at the end by the rep really bringing a lot to the table um, in terms of this is what I need help with. This is what I'm succeeding with. This is what I'm failing with. Um, and then it's the, the coach's job to, to finish it off. So, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it, it's, it's up to the rep, in my opinion, um, on, on, uh, on how that, the beginning of that one-on-one will go. And then it's up to the, the leader to close it. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. You've given some really great insights on adapting and how you guys have been able to shift and, and say, we're a growing, we're a growth organization. And that means we're going to grow and change. And the minute we stop growing and changing, that's when we've entered death mode. So what's the role of collaboration? How involved are your reps? Because they're on the front line. They're talking to people all the time. I mean, how collaborative is this adaptive process for you guys? So, um, you know, I, I'm happy to jump on a discovery call any day if it makes sense. Um, I'm happy to, uh, to jump on a follow-up call. I'm happy to, to send a nagging email to get, to get someone to respond. I'm happy to jump, obviously, on a closing call any day. Um, we're, we're collaborative as much as we need to be. Um, I, I believe in, you know, in, in definitely using all the resources you have available to you. Um, yeah, but what I was, what I guess what I, I know you're doing that. What I'm saying is getting feedback from the rep saying, hey, this seems to be an area that's emerging or we ought to be looking at this. Are they helpful in identifying what needs to change in order to win or are they just mostly taking direction? Sure, absolutely. So we do, we do biweekly calls with our research team. Oh, uh, and wow. every rep participates and every analyst participates. I love that. It's awesome. So the analysts get to hear what's going on, you know, from, you know, from a, you know, on the streets from a, from a uh, prospect's perspective and what, what the market is looking for. Your reps know what's going on more than anybody else. Cause they're talking to more people than anybody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a win-win for both teams. We get to gather information and Intel from the research team. They get to, you know, they, they, they're, they're educating us on the content that they're putting out. And we're feeding them information from our, our buyers and, and, you know, clients. So I, I recommend that for any organization. If you're, if you're dealing with content, um, if you're selling any, any type of content, 
definitely bring sales into the picture for strategy and for ear of the you know, you know consumer and uh, and client. It has to be. It, it has to. I mean, I'm interested to get your take on this because I've seen this. A lot of people I talk to about this topic tell me something similar to what I'm about to throw out to you, Chris. And I can't wait to get your take. And for you know, thanks for being so forthcoming. It's been a killer conversation so far. I appreciate it, man. But it has to do good things for the reps, for the salespeople, when they see their observations turning into part of the go-to-market approach. Has to be. Are you seeing that when when they see their observations turn into this is what we're working on, this is how we're going about it. They, that means they feel listened to that, that has to, have you seen any benefits yourself or any specific benefits come from things like that? Oh, it's incredible. And it also gives every rep a story to tell, and it gives them the motivation to tell these stories on their calls. Oh, wow. You know, it's, yeah. Oh, you just told me that you're interested in that. And you know, I can tell you this, you know, this competitor of yours had the same story for me last month. I brought that to this meeting and we put that piece of, you know, work into action and it it motivates them to speak with their prospects um, with, with more, you know, strength and, and, um, and confidence. So if you were to look back and say, yes, it's only been a, you know, it feels like it's been a long time, but really in the scheme of things, it's been 120 days or so. Um, Anything that's jumped out to you on reasons you've been able to continue to grow through all these non-normal, this pandemic, this, all this other stuff we talked about. If you look back and say, anything that stands out to you as reasons you've been able to grow during all this nuttiness? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think leadership has, has a big part to do with it. Um, our president is an incredible woman um, and she brings a smile to the table every single day. She has a great laugh. Awesome. And- <laughs> And she, uh, and it really, you know, it trickles down to the rest of the organization. Leadership is so important right now, especially when we're not all together in the same office. Um, you need to have that on, on Zoom calls uh, every day. And, and, you know, I think I, I, I really, I, I'm, I think we're very fortunate to have the president that we have and the leadership uh, below her that we have. And, um, and then also, you know, we're, we're, we're in a very good situation um, having this combination take place prior to like two months prior to COVID. Um, so our, our parent company has given us a lot of funding to grow. Um, and so we really, you know, we've been hiring throughout this, this process. And it's uh, and like I said, in the beginning of this, um, you know, there's just so much talent available right now. Um, so it's been, you know, through these difficult times, yeah, it hasn't been great, obviously for anyone or any organization, but we've been able to succeed and make the most out of it. I like that. This has been good, Chris. I, uh, I, I'm sitting here taking tons of notes and I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm trying to organize my thoughts and to see a kind of a model show up. And, and, and I like how you start with mindset and you have this culture of being willingness to change and, and it involves everyone. What's the role of failure of this? I mean, as you try things and you see something's not work, I mean, uh, is that play a role in figuring out what does? Because I think that people are seeing a lot of things fail, things that you, they used to rely on no longer work. And, and the, one of the questions I get from my leaders a lot is, Rob, how do I adapt? How do I figure out what my version of that skyhook is? You know, how, do, how do I figure all that out? It, 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 you're figuring it out, but I'm sure you've had some failures along the way too. What's the role with the failures? I mean, 
Do you celebrate them? Do you embrace them? Do you talk about them or just flush them? How, how do you use that? So you have to work them out. You have to, you have to, you know, you have to talk it out. Um, you know, you have to, I think right now you, it's, it's crazy to assume that, that you won't have a couple of failures. You right. have to accept a mulligan at this point. Um, you know, there, there are going to be times uh, and, and strategies and, uh, and, uh, and colleagues that just don't, that don't work out for one reason or another. Um, and, you know, there, there are outside circumstances that are affecting that. And, um, but as an organization, it's just, it's really important to talk it out. You can't ignore um, any type of failure. You, ha you have to identify it, identify what caused it, and do your best to, to move on and improve it so it won't happen again. Yeah. And what I like of what you said is identify it, talk about it. Don't sweep it under the rug and act like it didn't happen. You know, we want to be really transparent. I, I, how important is transparency with your team right now? Is that, like I said, I, I'm, I'm really interested in your success because you know, you're one of those groups that it's having it. It's, it's not just because you have a parent company that says we're going to support you. You've taken that support and you've turned it into victories. Right. And so how important is transparency with your team on what it is you're working on, what it is maybe that did and didn't work. I mean, is, is transparency important at all? So for me as an individual, it's, it's something that I, that I try to do every single day is be as transparent as possible um, with my team. Um, maybe I'm too transparent sometimes to be honest, but um, I think that. Why would you say too transparent? I mean, can you be too transparent right now? Uh, who knows? We, who knows what you can and can't do right now, right? We're all yeah. trying to get through this and trying to figure out, um, what's going to work. And, and I, like I think, you know, the, the only way you can do that is, is to, to continue to innovate. And for me, I'm a communicator. Um, I don't, I can't tell a lie. I can't hold anything in. So, so I, I just tell it how it is. Way. Yeah. <laughs> tell it how it is on a daily basis. And, and I know that, you know, I have great rapport and, and relationships with my, with my team. And, and I, 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 I I'd like to hope that that's why. Any final thoughts as we wrap this up and we get ready to hit into, we, we have a, a rapid fire that I finish everything up with. If you were to wrap up what we've talked about on adapting and finding ways to grow, any, any final thoughts to the sales leaders that are tuning in right now on, you know, things that you might recommend if they want to continue to, to stay relevant, stay current and help their team win? Sure. I think just over communicate with your team. Um, you know, not being able to be in the office right now sucks. Um, I, I love being in the office. Um, but, you know, we're, we're only a, you know, a FaceTime away or a Zoom away. Um, any news, any update that you have, um, anything positive, any reinforcement, any, um, any idea, communicate it right away. It can't hurt. We're all sitting at home, um, you know, working from our, our you know, home offices. Um, some of us don't even have a home office. And, you know, we don't know what people are going through right now. Um, so just, you know, just, you know, it's all about communication and, and keeping the positive vibes rolling. Love it. Okay. We're going to uh, wrap this episode up the way we wrap them all up, man. We're going to do it with this rapid fire, three questions, top of mind. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Biggest sales leadership challenge you see and how do you beat it, man? Right now? Yeah. Uh, right now, currently given the climate and, um, and the racial injustices that are happening right now, it's, it's, um, you know, the, the leadership, the leadership um, challenge is, is communication and the right communication and the, and the appropriate communication. Um, and, and I think, and you beat that by, by um, being open-minded and, and continuing to educate yourself every single day. 
All right, second one. Good. I, I like that, Chris. Not surprised you had a good one. That's, this is good, brother. Okay, when you're hiring people, you're hiring a ton of people right now, right? Um, what's your favorite kind of go-to interview question or topic? And when you ask this or leverage this, what is it you're looking for? What that's so insightful on if someone's going to be a good teammate or not? Oh, man. That's a really that's – a, that's a good one. It's a tough one. Honestly, I, it depends on how the conversation's going. Um, I think the best interviews are conversations. They're not interviews. And, uh, and, and so I have a few that I go with. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes I'm saying, you know, if I, if, if I had to ask your boss, um, you know, what's the best quality and what's, the, what's something that you can improve on? I think you can learn a lot about someone with that. Um, I like that. Another one, um, I, like the, I like the game of, you know, if I, I – I might have – maybe I read that – I. I forget where I read this. It could have been you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, is, you know, let's say that we hire you, uh, we bring you on board, and, um, and uh, we, we give you all the resources you need. You have an email address, and you have access to Salesforce and all that good stuff. And then all of a sudden, I have to leave for three months, and you have no manager. Uh, what's it going to look like when I get back? If you can paint a picture of those three months and how you're going to tackle this what does that look like? You didn't get that from me, and I like it. No one's ever said that on our show before. That's the first I've okay. heard it. I, pretty... I heard that. I, I heard that like a year or two ago, and and I've been using it since in pretty much every interview, and it gets some great responses. What are you looking for when you ask that one? I mean, what what's a good answer in your mind? That, that, I'm sure it's not specifics. Is there structure to the answer that you like to see? So it, it needs to be very structured. It's essentially thirty, sixty, ninety, and um, and it's it's just you know it's about being able to adapt and and use the resources around you. So if they you know you want you want to hear that they're gonna you know, work very closely with marketing and with content and with operations and all of their colleagues on their team and that their manager is just a manager. And like, you know, hopefully, you know, they're going <laughs> to, the worst that's going to happen is that they're going to miss out on a lot of great coaching. Um, but <laughs> outside of that, we have all the resources here. Love it. To succeed. Dude, that's a good one. Thank you. We're, we're uh, working on an ebook right now with all of these interview answers. And it's going to be a really cool uh, tool to take out to the market, I think. So, Last one, we found that leaders are very often readers and that they are not done with their journey of self. And so as you're talking to these thousands of leaders right now, is there anything that you would recommend that they, that they process, they get their hands on? I don't care if it's turning pages or listen to Audible. And some people like bite-sized chunks. Some people are talking about blogs or podcasts. Is there anything you found have been particularly helpful in fueling your leadership journey? Uh, hmm. So, I mean, Sales Hacker is, of course – an incredible resource that every salesperson um, should have access to. Um, I, I, you know, I, I recommend that to, to, to everyone. Uh, cerebral selling is another one. Um, and then sales leadership United. Those are both great. No, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of those. I've read cerebral selling. It's a really good one. And, um, and sales hacker continues to be a killer, killer community. And, and uh, I, I, I think you've nailed it. Those are good. So, Chris, I'm impressed, man. Uh, congratulations, first of all, for finding a way to grow and play offense when people many times are still in defense mode. And I loved how you started with mindset. You know, you got to get out of the, the mindset of we're going to wait this one out or just try to get through it. Your mindset is, no, we're going to grow. And we're going to grow effectively. And we're going to have everybody's careers continue to develop. I, I like that mindset. 
So when people are going to like you, people might want to connect with you. If they want to get more from you or with you, how do, how do they find you? How do they learn more about what you're doing at Insider Intelligence? How do they just get more of you? Sure. I mean, you can reach me on LinkedIn, uh, Chris Roth at Insider Intelligence. Um, and then that's also my email address, croth, C-R-O-T-H at insiderintelligence.com. All right, man. This dude is driving growth at a time when many people are just happy to be alive. Uh, he continues to hire people. He continues to inspire people. And, uh, and I'm super inspired and stoked that we had him on our show. Chris Roth, my man, thank you so much for joining us. And as I say to everybody, happy selling. Thanks, Rob. This was great. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I want to thank those of you that have joined my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. It continues to grow with new people each week. And, and I'm so pumped to see all the people that are looking to go deeper. People are realizing that places like LinkedIn have their place and they're awesome, but they have just become too cluttered, too noisy, and very limited in the impact you can create. That's why I created Sales Leadership United. I want to have the world's best community for sales leaders that are committed to becoming legendary leaders, legendary to those that they lead. So if you haven't given us a look, do it. Uh, tons of people in there that are looking at the podcast, tons of people that are, that are finding great things that come in there. I have you know, several new pieces of new, very current content every single week. I even have a private podcast. If you like this, you're going to get a lot more from me if you go check out Sales Leadership United. And I think you'll find that it's a tool that will help you make the second half of 2020 one you'll be really, really proud of. I have my very best content I've ever created in there in a way that you can simply search by topic and see what's working around the world. Um, tons of insights, frameworks, live trainings, coaching structures, sales meetings that are made for you and ready to use right now. Honestly, if you've ever liked anything I've done, please, please check it out. Patreon.com Sales Leadership United. We are united in one thing, that pursuit of legendary awesomeness. Okay. Now, Chris's story is a killer one. He, he, he's leading sales in a company that has adapted, evolved, and proactively found ways to win and grow in spite of what's happening all around us. I've been doubling down lately and spending more time with sales leaders than ever before. And I'm having more of you reach out to me than ever before. In fact, I want to give a shout out to one over the weekend that reached out to me, Jay Perkins. Um, Jay got a sales leadership job at the end of last year and he reached, he's actually found the show since the holidays of last year and he's listened to every single episode of the show, reached out to me for a conversation around uh, one-on-ones and if he's doing it, you know, how you get more impact out of it. And he's sharing with me how he can grow, how he needs to grow his company aggressively with the resources they currently have. Now, leaders like Jay are my favorite leaders and here's why. They are actively looking for the catalyst for growth rather than attaching to the reasons why things are hard. And that's why Jay's team is going to win. It's exactly the reason why Chris's team is winning. If you listen to what Chris shared, he has never settled for excuses. He has only found reasons that they can change, adapt, and win. So this whole story reminds me of something. This is going to be a fun so what. I've not shared this on the show yet. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, stories to share with sales leaders and salespeople. Several years ago, like 10 years ago, I got roped into being a parent chaperone with my daughter's school. 
uh, when they went to a local amusement park, you know, like 10 years ago. Uh, they, this amusement park had just opened a new roller coaster. It was a killer ride called Wicked. Those of you living in Utah know the ride well. Um, my goal was to be sure that I got to ride that roller coaster because it was his opening year. My daughter had a friend with her that was hanging out. Uh, she had no interest in riding roller coasters. She was a very girly girl that wanted nothing to do with it. She mostly just wanted to walk around and look at boys um, and, and do some simpler things. Um, however, my daughter was ready to go. And uh, the game, the question was, could we get her friend to go with us? So this created one of those dynamics like you see on a cartoon where there's an angel version of myself talking with me and a devil version of myself talking with me. And the angel said, don't put pressure on her. It will embarrass her and it's going to embarrass your 11-year-old daughter. The devil says, hey, if you're any kind of salesperson at all, you're going to get that 11-year-old girl on the roller coaster. And ultimately, the devil inside won. And before I knew it, we were all seated in that roller coaster. Now, this is a killer ride. It, it, it's up there with any of them. It starts fast. It, it gets ridiculous speed. Uh, pulls a lot of G-forces on it. Has some great twists. Uh, some loops. It's a fun ride. It, it starts at full speed instantly, and then it, it ends pretty abruptly. And, and the very end, it does this full loop while doing this complete barrel roll. So you're doing a loop-de-loop and a 360, if that makes sense, at the same time. And it is awesome. It is easily one of my all-time favorite rides. I can ride it again and again. And this day as we were finishing, this was my first time on, on Wicked, we're doing the full loop while barrel rolling. My daughter is seated to my left. Her friend is seated to my right. As we hit the grand finale, my daughter and I are loving it. And her friend got so sick that while we were barrel rolling and looping, she threw up. And it went all over me. We finished the ride, and I am covered in puke. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at her, and I'm going, I can't believe you threw up on me. And she's looking at me, and she's, she's all, I can't believe you made me go on that ride. It serves you right. Now, in retrospect, I, I think she probably is right. Meanwhile, on the left, my daughter's sitting next to me going, that was amazing. Can we go again? So on one side, worst experience of my life, I want to go home. On the left, greatest experience, let's go again. Thank you, may I have another, right? And as salespeople and sales leaders, we are facing a new ride. This new ride has twists and turns we've never seen before. It is a ride that many people say, I choose not to ride that roller coaster. But like it or not, we are strapped in and we are in the middle of the ride. And the question is, are we going to enjoy it and make something good of it? Or are we going to throw up, get sick, and run for the hills? Okay, That's the question. How will you handle it? Listen, I'm meeting tons of leaders that are buckled up and having the ride of their lives. Yeah, they're white-knuckling it a little bit, but they're winning. And I'm trying to bring these people to you on this show. I've got some other great ones coming. I'm meeting others that have run from the ride or have let it ruin the rest of their day or year. Here's what I've learned. The difference maker is always on the inside, okay? The difference maker is almost never on the outside. It's how you react. It's how you respond. It's how you choose to move forward. That, and only that, is the difference maker. So we're in the middle of a sales version of Wicked right now, okay? It's fast. It's scary. It's unlike anything we've ever seen. But it is here, and you, like it or not, are in the car. So here's my question as we wrap this one up. How are you going to handle it? 
You will find what you search for. What you focus on expands. So be like Chris. Adapt. Evolve. He did it daily, then weekly, and now he's winning. His people are on a roller coaster ride that's creating a winning story, all because they have a leader that's helping them change. Realize that the difference maker starts with you. Look in the mirror, not out the window. And as you adapt and change, the loops and twists become far less scary. You're the difference maker, so be the difference maker. Chris, my man, thanks for joining us. You know, I first met Chris at a conference, uh, I don't know, a little about a year ago, and I was impressed with him then, and I've become more impressed as I've seen how he's handled challenging times. And I'm telling you, this is a sales leader worth watching. This is a sales leader worth connecting with. Uh, Chris, congrats on your success, and thanks for opening some of your playbook for our listeners. Thanks also to each of you, our listeners. Listen, there is no show without you. I, I'm, I'm so proud of how big the show has gotten, uh, how many great listeners we have, uh, how we get more and more people listening to it every single week. I appreciate you mentioning us on LinkedIn. That makes a difference. What also makes a difference are those five-star reviews on iTunes. If you think we're worth it, please keep them coming. Um, and I really want to thank those of you that continue to reach out for me for a free one-on-one conversation on how you do one-on-ones. I'm not going to ever take that offer down. Uh, I'm building out um, doing more with salespeople, not less, of sales leaders than less. So my offer will always stand. I will hop on a Zoom call with any of you to discuss your approach to the one-on-one, right? Had several reach out last week. They will tell you I do not try to sell you anything. All I want to do is help you with your one-on-ones, okay? That one-on-one is the most important thing you're going to get right. So get it right, okay? Use it to build confidence in each rep. Let me help you. Please reach out to me anytime. You've got my email. You've got me on LinkedIn. So here's to making sure the difference maker starts with you. Make sure each member of your team knows about your commitment to their success. Because now, more than ever, each member of your team needs to know you have their best interests in mind. Look in the mirror, not out the window, and act assertively and with confidence. I wish each of you success with your teams. Thanks for listening. And as always... Don't worry, just execute, because we got you.